Welcome to the Bike Life Podcast by Warm Showers Foundation, where we will be sharing knowledge, experience, tools, and stories of touring cyclists and hosts from around the world. I'm Tauber Lee, the woman behind the scenes at Warm Showers Foundation, the leading platform for cyclists looking for hosts and to connect with a passionate international community. Find out more by visiting us at warmshowers.org. Now, on to the show. Hey, everyone. This is Jerry Kopak sitting in for Tauberly, coming to you from snowy Breckenridge, Colorado. When I'm not building spreadsheets as the finance guy for warm showers, I'm usually off riding my bike either in Colorado or some remote mountain region in the world. And speaking of, I just returned from my own bike tour in the Indian Himalayas, and I am so excited to talk to our guest today, Kanishka Potter. Kanishka is from India and went from not riding a bicycle for over 20 years to doing a massive bicycle tour of India and Southeast Asia. Kanishka, welcome. Hello, Jerry. How are you? So good. So, hey, man, I've been trying to get you on our show for a month now. Where are you? Uh, I just got back to India. I was uh, touring Southern Thailand right now. And um, I love Thailand, and it's an incredible place to be on a bicycle. Did you cycle all the way from India, all the way to Thailand? Uh, no, I flew with my bicycle over there, and uh, I started cycling from Bangkok, and um, oh. then went down south till uh, Phuket. And um, interestingly, when you're there in Thailand, you move from east coast to the west coast, and it's it's a very dramatic place in terms of um, changing terrains and uh, people, culture, everything changes. Um, so it's, it's quite interesting to ride bicycle over there. So why Thailand? I love Thailand. Why not? <laughs> well, I just asked because India, you're from India. It's, it's, a, it's a massive country, as you know. Uh, I just wonder, what was your first exposure to Thailand? Um, so I have been um, touring Thailand uh, over the period for many times. So, so I have, uh, in different trips, I have toured across Thailand and Cambodia uh, and Vietnam. And um, somehow Thailand, I, I love their food. I love their people. I It's just so nice being there. It, it just feels like home again to me. Yeah, everyone, I've I've been to Thailand and I've been to Vietnam and I've had very similar experiences to what it sounds like you've had the the people, the culture, and of course the food. Not that the people and the culture in India aren't amazing, but it's also amazing in those other countries too. So it's it's really nice to get a different experience in those other cultures as well. Absolutely. So quick question for you. Did you meet a lot of other cyclists along the way? I did plenty of them. So it, it was interesting. Um so I was cycling alone for a lot of while. And then you meet other people. I met a few cyclists from Germany. I met a few people from Korea. Um, they were touring the same route. So we ended up riding together for some time. And then it, it was fun. Uh, you meet a lot of people. And especially in uh, Thailand, there are a lot of bike-friendly places to stay and eat. Um, so you actually meet a lot of cyclists uh, uh, over there. Yeah, uh, I remember I was in the north uh, in Chiang Mai. And mm -hmm. I did this route called the May Hong Son. You know. Do you do you have you heard of that one before? I have been there. You have okay. What I was your experience been, yeah. with that? 
It was incredible. I I mean, for me, I always go with the underlying principle of touring is follow the mountains. Yeah. So, I love that place. So you went from, like, I guess let's rewind. Let You went from not riding a bicycle for 20 years and to now going on all these bike tours to not just, again, not just going for a bike ride, but going on bike tours. What was, what was your spark? What was your motivation? How did you get into this? Um, so if I look back like seven, eight years back, I was in Bombay for some work and, um, I, I was a bit stressed up and I had some free time with me a couple of days. I rented a bike over there and just went out with a backpack on my back and uh, went to a place called Navla. And uh, I think there was no looking back. I, there was an instant love that happened with me and bicycle and touring. Um, I, it, it was something I started enjoying the uh, life in slow motion that you see. Uh, I always say when you are there um, on a motorbike or when you're there on a car or a bus or a flight, you zoom through places. But on a bike, yes. you can actually see places, see people, see small alleys, stop in smaller places where no one goes to. So I think yes. I started enjoying these things instantly. And um, there was no looking back after that. Uh, I love that story. I've had similar sentiment with my experiences. I see people going by on a motorbike, going on a tour bus, and you can get from Delhi to the Taj Mahal, to Mumbai, to Calcutta, all by a bus or by an automobile or a car or by a flight. But in my experience, the true stories, the color, the experiences happen along the way. And if you get on a bike, as you said, you're going slow and you get to experience these, these small remote villages where people aren't stopping because they aren't part of any, any tour book. And that has definitely been some of my experiences that have been my favorite as well. Absolutely. And interestingly, um, again, way back, I remember there's this girl from, from um, Spain who turned to India and she wanted to buy a bike in India and and uh, tour around India on a bicycle. I was like, what the fuck? No one does that. I mean, <laughs> who, who tour India on a bicycle? And a um, few years fast forward, I'm doing the same thing. So, uh, and I realized that when you are there out there on a bicycle, you are able to meet people who are not commercialized by tourism. So they, these are untouched people, untouched territories, untouched um, culture. So in its purest form, so you actually get to experience a better side of the world than uh, what is made for the tourist. It's so funny that you said no one cycles in India. And I've been to India three times now, most recently in October. And I was in northern part of India, in Ladakh, up in the Jammu and Kashmir region. And I came across exactly two other cyclists besides myself. One was a guy from Mumbai and the other was a guy from Colorado, which is where I'm from. But I didn't wow. see a lot of other cyclists. And I'm just wondering, why do you think that is? Um, so, uh, lately, uh, again, it's, uh, it's how we grow up. We, we grow up and uh, we are in our colleges and uh, uh, motorbike seems more... Uh, um, in terms with the uh, 
comfort in terms with the uh, what people like and fashion and everything and people stop bicycles bicycles ends up being only with the villagers to do their daily works and stuff uh but then um, gradually things are changing gradually things are changing so now when i go out in my own city i can see cyclists around everywhere um there are around uh, more than 50 people in my city who would go out on a uh, bike packing trips over weekends so things are changing uh, it, it will take time but yeah so real quick what city do you live in and because india is so large whereabouts is that in the country uh interesting one because i i live in a city called ranchi for most indians this city is not in a map um this place <laughs> is close to this place is close to calcutta um oh. uh, 500 kilometers from calcutta and we have 2 million people living in the city it's a very tiny small city 2 million is a very small tiny city fascinating so yeah. i've actually cycled 6 years ago through the northeast part of india so darjeeling sikkim oh, wow. nagaland west bengal arunachal pradesh and it was some of my most enjoyable experiences it was almost like wow. this this region of the country was forgotten by so many people it was almost like it wasn't india because Absolutely. i had to cycle all the way south from ladakh cut through nepal and then come back into india on the on the eastern side of nepal and it was just this most amazing experience i was greeting with such kindness and generosity and mostly just curiosity to see somebody cycling through and it was it was wonderful it is i mean um, the reason that we're talking about is supposedly one of my favorites too and um, i i was in darjeeling like three months back cycle from darjeeling to sikkim and um, it's the people are so simple because that part of the uh, country has been disconnected from the mainland for a long time and uh, it's it's so nice to travel and explore these places and uh, people are so extrovert they love meeting you they want to talk to you they want to know you yes um, they are so culturally rich in terms of arts and music So you, it's it's a very interesting uh, region to explore on a bicycle. So it's it's curious that you what you said there. People are interested in, in meeting you and talking to you. I was I was going to ask you: Is it the same with you being native Indian? I'm American, so I don't. Well, how do I say this? I don't look the same as everyone else. So people are more curious when they see me because there's just not a lot of. Americans cycling through there but you're from India you you probably yeah. speak a similar language i know there are lots of different dialects in the country mm-hmm. but people are still as curious to to meet you and hear your story it sounds like do you think the moment you have your pioneers and your bicycle you are no more the same person you um, you are somebody different and that difference attract people people want to connect with you and uh, like you said uh, even in india if i go to calcutta if i go to gujarat if i go to south of india it's like going to a different country for me i don't know the language the foods are different the people are different so uh, it, it's it, everything changes over there i'm a different person over there yeah and the the language is different the dialects are different right absolutely i don't know them for me it's going to thailand or going to gujarat same thing because uh, uh, everything is different and uh, I have to uh, I have the same difficulty in making conversation that I would have in Thailand or Vietnam. 
Mm-hmm. So it's, it's the same thing for me. Uh, people don't speak Hindi, which is uh, what I would speak. So uh, I have to make conversations and mix of Hindi, English, and um, Google Translator. <laughs> so you <laughs> you also use Google Translate because I use that as well. I know we all do. <laughs> <laughs> so have you spent much time uh, in the north, in the Jammu Kashmir region, where where I had spent some time most recently? Have you been up there? I. I, I love mountains and that's my place. Um, yeah, man. Given a time, yeah, given a time, I'll be there with my bicycle every time. And um, um, f- a few years back, I cycled from uh, um, Manali, just before Manali, uh, to Ladakh. Uh, yes, and it, I know that route. It was an incredible experience. What a beautiful trail it is. So you went... The, the more challenging way, right? So you started lower in Manali and cycled north to Ladakh, yeah. which is progressively uphill. I went the other direction. I started in Ladakh and cycled to Manali. And did you go over Kardung La, which at the time I when I was there was the highest motorable road in the world, right? I didn't go to Kardung La, but then okay. I went to a place, uh, another path called Changla. So uh, Changla is uh, equally same uh, elevation as uh, Kardungla. Okay. And um, from Changla, you go to this place called Pangong Lake. Yes. So that's where I went I just read recently that the, the Indian Border Roads Organization just put a road in uh, an Umling La, making it now the highest motorable road in the world at just around, I think, 19,000 feet. It's crazy, right? 8,900 meters. Wow. That's yeah. insane. Is, uh, that's is insane. that on your bucket list of things to go see? It I does. know that you love mountains. It does. It does. Okay. There's a beautiful joy that comes like um, uh, cycling in mountains. The climb and when you reach the top and then it's just a beautiful feel. Um, and I can go on and on on a mountain. <laughs> what uh what, what kind of days are you putting in like five six hour days what's what's regular for you um so i generally start early in the morning yeah um, but it's cold I, in the mountains would, sometimes i i still prefer early in the morning so that um i can enjoy the place more um i i would start in mountain around six o'clock in the morning uh, morning and um end the ride by around 12 so that actually I can enjoy the place more, be there in the moment. More. Ah, I have the whole love day that. with me. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love that. I, uh, I love pulling into a new village, whether the size is large, medium, small, and just find a place to sleep, finding some food. Speaking of the food, can we talk about the food? I we love can. the food in India. And so I don't know what you're, Maybe you're not as excited about it as I am because you grew up with it. But when I go to India, I eat, I think, the same two or three things every day. And so the morning I start off with paratha, which I mm-hmm. love. And then, uh-huh. of course, for lunch and for dinner, I usually have uh, vegetable vegetarian tali. And so for, for uh-huh. people who don't know who are listening, what, what tali or paratha is, can you kind of go into that, what those are? So paratha is an Indian bread stuffed with potatoes or uh, other vegetables, and it's delicious. Alu, right? Alu, potatoes. Alu. Okay. Alu. So it, it's delicious. And then um, thali is uh, is a kind of a platter where you have a bit of rice, bit of bread, bit of curries, bit of lentils, and wow. um, it's delicious. Yeah, you're. Let me. 
I am smiling right now because it's been two <laughs> months since I've been there and I just have these amazing memories of the food. And, and I think I, when I first went to India, I thought that every place, every village I was going to go to would have these amazing curries that you would see maybe in say Western countries or America. And I found out that these small villages, they just, those things weren't available. And so tali was, was the main staple dish. And the cool thing that I really loved about tali being a cyclist cycling for five, six, seven hours a day. And you probably know this too, is if you want more, they will keep bringing you more rice. They'll keep bringing you more curry. They'll keep bringing you more beans, more chai, more, uh, more chapati, more roti until you tell them to stop. And Good. for me, it, that's, that's like heaven because uh-huh. I can eat. And it's unlimited. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I, I felt the same experience when I, I was there in Nepal a couple of times. They have dal bhat, um, a same, yep. similar kind of pali. Yeah. Uh, and um, it's, it's incredible too. And it's, it's just a, a power pack for us. Uh, a thali, if you have, is so much of a power. You have rice, you have breads, you have lentils. It's everything that you need on a road. Yeah. So you said you were in Nepal. Where were you at in Nepal? Uh, I I wasn't cycling there. Uh, okay. I, I went trekking to Annapurna base camp. Yes. Um, very recently in August, and um, it it was an incredible experience again. You are an adventurous guy. I love that. What what drives this this uh, this adventure? Well, I think um, to be outdoor is a more uh, something that I'm not able to do in my city. Um, uh, that is what keeps pushing me to go out there in the nature. Right. Today's episode is brought to you by bikeflights.com, the leading bicycle shipping service and bike box supplier for cyclists. You'll enjoy low costs, excellent service, and on-time delivery with every shipment. And you get preferred handling for your high-value bikes, wheels, and gear. As a brand built around a love for the outdoors, they are committed to reducing environmental impact, and every bike flight's shipment is carbon neutral. Join the nearly 1 million cyclists who have used bike flights to ship their bikes, wheels, and gear with confidence since 2009, and see how easy it is to book, manage, and track all of your shipments. Visit bikeflights.com forward slash warm showers today for more information and to book your shipment. Now back to the show. So this is a question I like to ask people with any extended tour like you've done, whether it's two weeks, two months, two years, who knows? Inevitably, things happen that you just didn't plan for. So tell me about something that happened to you that made you think, wow, I did not see that happening or how am I going to get myself out of this? Um, a couple of experiences. I think for me, um, most of the experience has been with people. Okay. Uh, but there was this one moment uh, in again in north of India when I was cycling from Manali to Lai. Um, I was in this remote place called Sing Sing Bar. Yes. And um, I was tired Uh to the hell. The climb to Baralacha was difficult. And uh, Baralacha is a yep. very yeah. And Baralacha is a very notorious pass. So the weather is always bad over there. And um, it, it was just a bad day for me, probably, because I was tired as hell. And uh, just when everything was going wrong, I had a flat tire. And I had literally no energy to just make it. And um, that, that was one moment uh, which was bad. 
uh, I felt like why I'm here right now. And then another moment that happened with me was when I was crossing from uh, Thailand well, into Cambodia. Come so again. how did you get out of that? What, what happened? So I eventually stayed there for a bit, stopped there, relaxed, took breath, uh, rested a bit, fixed the bike again, and then started again. But then the whole moment, the emotion that was going in over there, it was uh, because I was completely wet. I was drenched in rain and um, I was tired. Um, so it, it was uh, the emotion was why I am doing this right now, why I am here right now. And then once you rest a bit, once you are... Uh, settled up or you calm down then you feel more confident about it and uh, you are able to fix things again and start again so you i probably needed a refresh button over there so for people who don't know baralacha i've i've cycled there as well what's the elevation of that of that pass is the first 5000 meter pass 5000 meter right so yeah. that's probably around 15 or 16000 feet and you're right. The weather there is is often not nice. Yeah, it's it's quite a notorious path. So while I was going there, it first started raining, then it started hailstorm, and then <laughs> snowfall started. So I, I had a hard time because you are completely drenched in rain, and then hailstorm. You have like big snow or balls coming and hitting you, hails, and uh, then snowfall. It was freezing, and then you have a flat tire over there. So would you? Uh... At any point during that time, it obviously sounds pretty pretty miserable. Did you think, why am I out here? What what am I doing this for? That that, that is all went that went in my head at that time because I kept questioning myself, why I am here, what I am doing here. Um, I am so miserable at that moment that uh, <laughs> I started doubting and questioning my own self. But then, like I said, uh, you I waited there for a uh, bit. Um, let myself to calm down, rested on the side of the road for a bit, and then started again, fixed the tire, and then moved again. Yeah. I've, uh, of course, I've had similar episodes where I thought to myself, what in the world am I doing out here? And then I was able to calm myself and realize that this is an opportunity. This, this time to do this, to be in this magical place is a gift. And even as miserable as I might be at that moment, I knew that later on I would miss it when it was gone because it truly is the special opportunity in life. Absolutely. Very rightly said. Yeah. So you've been to a bunch of countries. And the question I get, because I've been to several countries as well, people always ask me, what's your favorite country? And I never really have a good answer for it. Like I know... I do know that India is definitely near the top or at the top of my list, but it's so hard because every country is unique. Every culture is beautiful. The people are kind. Do you have a, a favorite place, a place that you would want to go back to? So, um, again, it's, it's, it's a question I can never have one single answer. <laughs> I, I love good. Thailand for its food and places. and It's such a cycling-friendly place to ride on. Uh, I love Vietnam for its people. Um, uh, I, I remember there, there were moments in Vietnam when I was standing on the side of the road. There's a wedding happening next to it. And people just invite, pulled me in. I was there in a Vietnamese wedding right there. In my Really? Uh, 
dirty, filthy, stinky clothes in the middle of everyone's <laughs> dress uh, beautifully. And a few moments later, I was dancing with them, singing with them, and I was just part of that wedding. Uh, I, I remember again in Vietnam, I was tired. It was, the sun was hot, and uh, there's this old guy. He stopped me. Uh, he he stopped me uh, on one of these days, and I also stopped and went inside with him. He welcomed me to his home. And he was sitting outside. He was drinking Lipton lemon iced tea, which I believe there was a Lipton <laughs> lemon iced bottle with a glass filled with Lipton lemon iced tea. And he offered me, and um, I was tired, so I said yes. So he went inside and got a, a glass full of Lipton lemon iced tea. And the moment I took the first step, I realized I have done a wrong thing because that was a locally brewed snake wine. So, oh. um, so uh, and I can't say no to him and he has given it to me. I was drinking it slowly. And for the next one hour, me and this old guy, we were making conversation in language we don't understand. He doesn't knew English. I didn't knew Vietnamese. And we were talking. And we were talking sense. Um, he 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 was telling how uh, he don't like his son because he is not explorer or a traveler, but he <laughs> loves his grandson because he's also a sailor and he travels places on uh, uh, for fishing and uh, he loves traveling as well. So it's interesting how you meet people and people becomes the core essence for me in every trip. Yeah, through through all of my travels as well, people. I, I don't know. It's been my experience that no matter how different the culture may be, how unique, how foreign it may be, at the end of the day, people are just people. They're kind, they're generous, they're curious, they're welcoming. I, I just had amazing experiences in, in every country that I've been to. And I've people have asked me, were you ever scared? Were you ever worried? Were you ever nervous? And the answer for, is no. I've just been met with such genuine kindness. And, and I'll say, even though along the way I may have had some bike issues where I've broken apart or I've lost a part or something like that, one of my favorite expressions that I heard numerous times throughout my travels in India is that in India, all is possible. And I absolutely love hearing that. It's just the the willingness to help, to to figure things out, it just warms my heart to this day. So have you had experiences like that through either India or Vietnam or Thailand or any place else? Oh, many times. You, you, you know, you are stuck up in moments where you don't have any help. Um, like your tire burst and you don't have a spare tire with you. What yeah. do you do? Um, things like that. These things keep on happening while we are out there on the road. And I have realized that... Um, um, help comes to you on yourself. Uh, uh, people, people offer help instantly the moment they see you. Uh, I, I, and I have never been disappointed by people. Uh, I, I somehow think that uh, uh, when people see you on a bicycle, they, they see and feel that you are one of them. The moment you are there on a car or some fancy motorbike, they, they think they are not one of you. Uh, so there's a disconnect between people and you, but when on a bicycle, there's a beautiful connect. And I've always felt that warmth. I've always received that warmth and, uh, anywhere. And, uh, I have cycled, I have never been to a trouble where people haven't helped me with their open heart. Gosh, I love that. That is inspiring. That's, 
that should make all of our listeners out there want to just get on a bike and go explore. So for it makes me want to go back for sure. And I've only been back for two months. So I'm already starting to look at my next opportunity to, to get back on the road. So for people who have listening to this show thus far have thought, well, I'm not really a cyclist or maybe I've too, I've taken 20 years off a bike, but listening to your story, they may wonder, wow, how can I get into this? What, what would you tell them to, to maybe try this for the first time? Um, I, I, I tell uh, two things. Uh, first thing is uh, get yourself a bicycle and start riding. Um, start riding for a small distance. Uh, distance really doesn't matter. But the first step is to get on a bike and start riding. So the moment you start riding, um, you start with your neighborhood, you go to the next block or you do your errands, then you go just outside your own city to explore the countryside. So the moment you do it, that process teaches you in itself to love bicycle, love being outdoor and uh, start touring. And um, I think the last two years uh, when we were all down with COVID and pandemic and uh, we were all inside and um, we, we have seen, especially I've seen in India, how people uh, move to cycling as their way to move out. Um, there, there was a huge spike in people uh, venturing in, uh, on the bike to explore their own cities. And uh, I have always been telling them, once you're able to explore your own city, you can actually go a bit further and do a bit more. Wow. It's just like that. Just get a bike and push one pedal at a time. Absolutely. So I read somewhere that you're the bicycle mayor of your city. What does that yes. mean? Do you do you get a free lunch on Tuesdays or a special parking spot <laughs> or... What 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 constitutes you being the bicycle mayor of your city? So, uh, basically, I'm a uh, I'm a person who uh, who is a who, who connects the community with the government. So, uh, uh, interestingly, I do a lot of work with the government to push them to create a cycling friendly infrastructure and policies. Uh, uh, do things which support the cycling community. And uh, that is one part that we do. Uh, second is we make sure that the community grows. So uh, from just me uh, bike touring uh, five years back in my city to have around 25 people who are touring now in my city. So uh, that is how you grow a community. Uh, uh, from uh, my city does not have having a planned uh, cycling policy to now having a parking station for a bicycle everywhere. Uh, they, they have a public bike sharing system everywhere. Uh, so you can just walk in, go pick a bike and start riding from anywhere. You don't even need to buy a bike now. So wow. things like these works uh, uh, when there is somebody who is focused and working towards uh, the community of cyclists. That is incredible. And like everything else you've told me, and our listeners today, that is inspiring. That makes me want to get back out and ride my bike some more and tour some more. Wow. So, uh, next, next time when you come to India, it's, India is a huge place. And uh, <laughs> we, we talked a lot about north of India. Um, yeah. There's a bit of south of India. There's a bit of northeast of India. Um, so all these places are so incredibly beautiful to ride bicycles on. 
just avoid the highways, move on the smaller trails and um, you will have time of your life. Yes. And, and like you, I'm a mountain guy. So we definitely need to connect and, and go ride some of the big mountains in India. Absolutely. Well, Kanishka, thanks for taking the time to share your story with us. If people want to learn more about you, some of your travels, or just want to connect, how can they find you? Um, they can connect me on um, Instagram, um, that's uh, KP1200, and then on my blog, VeloVenture.in. Um, so I generally write all my stories over there and um, want a place people can connect instantly. That's amazing. Uh, I hope everyone will be tuning in and checking out these stories because, again, I'm inspired. And they will all be listed in our show notes for people to see as well. And so thanks for tuning in to Bike Life, everybody. As always, give us a like, a share on your social channels, or just tell your friends. These stories hopefully will inspire you to set off on your own adventure and maybe make the world feel a little bit smaller, one pedal stroke at a time. My name is Jerry Kopak, sitting in for Taverly. I hope you enjoy the show. Thank you for joining us, and we hope you enjoyed the show as much as we enjoyed making it. Wherever you are listening, please leave us a rating and a review as it helps us reach more cyclists and hosts around the world. Visit us at warmshowers.org to become a part of our community or on Instagram at warmshowers underscore org. If you would like to be a guest on the show or submit a question, please make sure to email us at podcast at warmshowers.org.